All right, the Sorta Sports Podcast, episode 59 now. And I was going to end the podcast with this, but I think it's just time to talk about it right now. And that's Damian Lillard is a member now of the Milwaukee Bucks. So, uh, very excited by this. I think most people probably thought the title of this episode would be that. And um, if you would have told me a year ago that... <laughs> What the title of this episode actually is, and what the thumbnail actually is, compared to the fact that Damian Lillard was traded to the Bucks, I would have been shocked, but I'll get to that when I talk later about um, the entire situation with that whole thing and why the episode's titled that and why I'm actually more excited by that than I am this. But let's get into this whole trade. So uh, the Blazers moved Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously the biggest part of that. Bucks um, received just him. And it was a three-team deal because Portland got Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayan, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first, and uh, swaps for 2028 and 2030. Then the Suns got Nurkic, Joseph Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. I actually kind of think everybody did well in this trade. Like, personally, I, I like every single one of these moves for each one of these teams. Uh, I think th it seemed like the Aiton situation was not going well for the Suns, so I think it made a lot of sense for them to move on from him. And they got a good amount of depth. It felt like that team was just going to be their five starters and a bunch of 2K generics, and now they've got some depth. I don't love Nurkic there defensively, but granted, I think every team in the West is going to get cooked by the Nuggets anyway. And then the Nuggets are going to go on to lose the finals to Damian Lillard and Giannis, which is, you know, somebody made the joke, you hit the modern-day Shaq Kobe. I don't know if Dame's as good as Kobe. I'm fine with saying Giannis is as good as Shaq, but I don't I don't think Dame's as good as Kobe. But Dame's still a hell of a player, and it's going to be a hell of a duo, and I'm very, very excited by this. So I think it's absolutely great. And then uh, for Portland, they're probably going to move Drew over to the Heat. I just feel like the Heat got to go out and get something. It's really embarrassing when you're the Heat and you talked about getting all these guys and you did basically nothing. So the Heat got worse after going into the offseason, looked like they got their one piece away from being a finals team. So I think the Heat, you know, I don't see them going back to the finals unless a big move. And I don't think Drew Holiday is the piece that's going to put them over. I mean, it was the piece that put the Bucks over. So maybe. As far as Damian, I guess I'll go back to the Blazers. I really like what the Blazers got going on. I think they could honestly be a play-in team, depending on how good Scoot plays. I think Scoot versus Wemby versus Chet is going to be the rookie of the year narrative. I have not a lot of faith in Brandon Miller. So it's going to be crazy, uh, the rookie of the year race this year. And hopefully Wemby wins. My dog, love Wemby. But um, it's going to be really hype. And I think the Blazers are going to be a pretty solid team, honestly. They've got eight in that center. With Scoot is a decent duo to kind of start building off of. So I think the Blazers, this is a good move for them. It kind of reminds me a little bit, if I'll flip it over to the NFL, like when the Lions traded Stafford. At the time, you're like, ah, they're getting Goff. Goff's not that good. Man, they're going to have to draft a QB. And then they never did. They drafted Hutchinson. And, then, like, I guess they drafted Hooker this year. But, you know, I don't think – I don't know what they're doing with Hooker yet. So – you know, they made this move, and at the time, everybody was like, ah, they just threw away Stafford. Well, then they got some decent capital out of it, and Jared Goff's now their starter, and the Lions look like they're primed to be in the NFC Championship. I think the Blazers kind of do a similar thing where, you know, the Rams got what they wanted when they got Stafford, and the Lions were able to turn that into a really good rebuild once they moved on from Stafford. Now the Lions are playing really well. And... I think it's going to be a similar thing here for the Blazers, where, yeah, the Blazers got rid of the best player in franchise history. It's him and Clyde Drexler, clearly. Uh, I think LaMarcus Aldridge, would, LaMarcus Aldridge would be third. I think Damon, Clyde, clear him. So you got your most important player in your franchise history, him or Clyde. It's one, or, one and two, obviously. But it might actually kickstart your next great player and Scoot Henderson. So I think this could be really interesting for the Blazers. I don't hate the movie. I think every team actually benefited from this move, but the team that benefited the most, of course, woo, is the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I had a couple friends text me just say this is unfair. A couple of my buddies here at college aren't aware of how much I love Giannis and the Bucks because of that. 
And so clearly they haven't listened to the absolute classic episode that is the Yes podcast. Is that like episode like, what episode number is that? The Yes. Whenever somebody's like, which episode should I listen to? I was like, if you just want to listen to a goofy one, listen to, I think it's 14. Yeah, it's episode 14. Yes. It was after the Bucks won the finals. I was just so hype. And it was just an episode of me talking about how excited I am. So that's funny. But um, I do think this duo is going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to want to win the Finals. You can't tell me any otherwise. I can't believe the fact that they were able to not give up Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez and got Damian Lillard. That is insane. Absolutely insane. Great work from the front office. I give him a lot of credit. There was a little bit of talks about Giannis leaving in 2020. They go out. They get Drew Holiday. We go and win the Finals. This year, it's a little bit of talks. Maybe Giannis would leave. They go out. They get Damian Lillard. I give the front office a lot of credit. Milwaukee. They know what they're doing. They keep him happy. They want Giannis to be there his whole career, and that's great. I do think Giannis is going to get another t- ring. Like you can't tell me this team isn't winning the finals. It's going to be an amazing duo to watch. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome, and they're winning the finals over the Nuggets in, in six. I think Jokic can push it to six. But yeah, great move. Really excited. And, yeah, I guess I do want to touch on baseball real quick. I went to Tito's last game, Terry Francona, and it's really weird for me because, obviously, I don't really have a favorite baseball team, but I've watched a lot of Cleveland in my life. And so it was kind of weird because I've never watched a Cleveland game where he wasn't the manager because when I was younger, I would watch and – and I didn't start watching, like, paying attention to really sports in general. I didn't really pay attention to, like, 2014-15 range. But, like, I had watched a little bit of Indians games at the time. And I was, like, 7 or 8. And I'm like, what, would I be 8 in 2012? And he took over in 2011. So the whole time I've watched the Indians and now Guardians in my life, he was the manager. So it's going to be really weird for me. To see somebody else managing that team, it's really going to bother me, especially because I think he's one of the best managers like the last 20 years. And I, I, I will say for baseball managers all time, I don't have a great list. I can't be like, oh, these are the best managers ever. I, I'm not even act like I know that. I don't. But I think recently he's got to be considered one of the top ones. I think Kevin Cash has a chance to be considered up there, but he's got to win at least two World Series. I, I mean, one could get him in the conversation, but Cash has got to win two, I feel like. Dusty only really needed the one, I think. Dusty had pretty much proven everything except he hadn't won a ring yet. So Dusty, Dusty's got to be up there. But yeah, Terry's up there. Two rings, you know, the 2016 pennant, seven game series against the Cubs. It's funny when I was younger, I rooted for the Cubs. Looking back, I really should have rooted for Cleveland because it would have been great to see Terry get one. And I like Joe Madden, but it'd been great to see Terry get one. I haven't talked about any baseball on the podcast in like a month and a half because I didn't want to curse anybody. Uh, really, the only thing I wanted to say was that at the beginning of the year, when I did my April Fool's predictions podcast, it genuinely, I think, is more accurate than my legitimate predictions. So that's just crazy. I think the MLB predictions pod will come out next week. I think in like Tuesday, Wednesday range, maybe Monday, if everything's set. So it'll be before the next episode that we've been doing. Because we've been doing it every Thursday. And by we, I mean me. And I don't know when you listen. You can listen to this in 20 years, as long as it's still up on YouTube. And on Spotify. Wow, perfect segue. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's really a segue, it's just me getting off topic. Uh, we're on Spotify now. And by we, I mean me. And uh, the Sword of Sports podcast is now on Spotify. It says it's produced by Sword of Sports Media. So if I ever start making new shows, they'll all be under the Sword of Sports Media branding. So, yeah, the Sword of Sports podcast is now up on Spotify. If you want to follow that and listen to it on there, that'd be great. I'm going to look into uploading it to Apple Podcasts because Amazon po- Amazon Music, if you use that, I'm sorry, just listen to me on YouTube. But <laughs> uh, YouTube and Spotify we now have, and I'll work into trying to see how to upload it to Apple Podcasts. I'll keep everybody posted on if I accomplish that. So... Yeah, we're now on Spotify. If you're listening to us on YouTube and think, man, I'd rather listen to this on Spotify, well, guess what? You can. And, yeah, so there you go. That's It's now there. So, yeah. 
back to what I was saying though about MLB. So what I'll probably do for the MLB episode, what I'm looking at doing is I'll go over, you know, who I think should win Cy Young, why she thinks she win MVP, which is going to be very simple because it's pretty cut and dry this year who it should be. I mean, I think everybody's going to know as soon as I start reading. I was like, yeah, yeah, Ronald Cunha, NL, Shohei, AL, yeah, yeah, yeah. like everybody's going to know. It's I think I'm literally John Boy Media made a tweet. It's like, isn't it obviously this? And I was, I'm literally going to look at it and be like, yeah, that, that's right. I'm literally going to say those. <laughs> but. I'll do that, and then I'll look back on the predictions I originally made. I'm going to look at my April Fool's ones, because my April Fool's podcast genuinely, I think, had more accurate predictions, which is, I think, maybe a little embarrassing, but also hilarious. So I'll look back at that. And then my buddy RJ is then going to come on, and we're going to do our MLB playoff predictions. So, you know, we'll go back and forth and predict the MLB playoffs. So I will do the awards and everything, and then RJ will come on, and we'll do the playoffs. So in that case, you know, his prediction is probably more accurate since he doesn't have the classic Klinger curse. So that's a mouthful. All right, let's get into the main part of the show. Well, I think NFL is kind of the main part. Let's go college football. All right, Buffs, Colorado, my boys. I'm wearing my Colorado sweatshirt right now. We did lose. Uh, we got our ass handed to us. We didn't just lose. We got it handed to us. I did say after this game, Bo Nix might get some Heisman hype. I do think that's starting up, but Penix Jr. is really getting it. Him and Caleb Williams seem to be like the main two at the moment. I think Nix might start to get some play, but it really seems like Penix Jr. is going to be a man to beat. I think Washington does play Oregon, so I feel like the winner of that is really going to start driving the narrative. If Washington can go... If Washington can, excuse me, I don't know if you would hear me, but I just burped. Let me look at Washington football schedule. I hope it doesn't give me the commander. So good it didn't. I figured they played USC. Yep, here it is. November 4th, the Washington Huskies play the USC Trojans. I think if both these teams come in here undefeated, this is the Heisman game. I think the winner of this would probably win Heisman, most likely. Because they're both undefeated and Washington wins, and that means Washington's probably going to the playoffs. Now, it would be really interesting if they faced off against each other again in the Pac-12 championship. But I honestly think there's a better chance the Pac-12 championship would be Oregon in it. So, Now, granted, I actually can't really remember... The way the Pac-12 works for the chip. Oh, man, I'm stupid. The week before, okay. Well, Oregon's going to play Washington in two weeks. So that'll be a great game, too. Man, the Pac-12 football, is it's really going out of a bang because there's a lot of good stuff. As far as the buffs go, we play USC this weekend. I do think there's a real chance we upset USC. I think I said last week, I think Oregon is better than USC. There's a better chance if we're going to surprise anybody, it'd be beating USC. If we beat USC, then that kind of makes the Pac-12 coming down to Utah, Oregon, and Washington because we'd kind of bring down USC. Because oh no, I just dropped my phone. One of these teams is most likely going to go undefeated and win the conference, or one of these teams is going to go undefeated and then lose in the conference championship to a team with one loss. So that would be very interesting. And maybe there's two teams in the playoffs, kind of like the Big Ten last year of Michigan and Ohio State. Or, because, you know, Ohio State didn't make the Big Ten Championship because they lost to Michigan. It's interesting stuff. Or, maybe the team that wins the Pac-12 Championship, everybody has one loss, but it's whatever one won the Pac-12 Championship is the one that moves on. That would be interesting. I'm not sure what they're going to do. This is like two months out, what I'm talking about. Well, kind of three months, honestly. So, I'm going to say right now that I do think there's a chance the Buffs get the upset, but i got to admit, it's going to be really hard about Travis Hunter. So... Maybe USC does beat us. Maybe. I have to admit. But it does feel like the Heisman's going to come out of the Pac-12. I mean, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. I think it's Michael Penix Jr. But I'm really trying to think. Like, Yeah, it's Penix Jr. Let's look at, let's look at Heisman. Odds, real quick. I want to see the first guy. Is it Drake May? Is that, is that really who it's going to be? Okay, so Caleb Williams, current favorite, 350. But Penix is tied with him at 350. That's why I thought. Yeah, Penix starting to get some play. Uh, Ewers, that would be the first one. Yep, so it's 
Williams, Penix Jr., Uix, Uix, Ewers, Bo Nix, and then Jordan Travis from Florida State. Interesting. Yeah, Drake may have even close. Interesting. Huh. I do think it's going to be Penix. I just got a feeling. I just think he's going to win it. I think Ewers has a great chance. Got to say. This year's draft's going to be really interesting because, like, Williams, Penix, Ewers, Knicks, and Drake May are all going to go probably from the first two to three rounds. I could see Penix and like, the – I don't know. There's always the one guy who, like, jumps up really high, and no one's really sure why, but he just does. I mean, that was Trey Lance. That was Zach Wilson. That was supposed to be Will Levis, but then we all got played. So – Interesting. All right, I almost debated calling this episode. I watched the greatest college football game of all time again, or I watched a greater college football game of all time because OSU versus Notre Dame. Woo! That that was game. That that was good. That was good shit. That was a great game. That was amazing. It was awesome. Watched it with a lot of Ohio State fans. Was really happy that I never became a Notre Dame fan and that I waited for Dion to go to Colorado to make them my favorite team. Oh, because um, the Notre Dame fans were annoying. Really excited that Ohio State got the win. It it was really exciting finish. I mean, anytime you're running on a walk off tutty like that, which I guess it wasn't a walk off tutty because there was a second left, but that was so stupid. Why didn't you just? I don't even know why they kicked it. That was, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And they kick it out of bounds. It was real dangerous. But regardless, they got the win. I did think it was a little uh, – I didn't care that Ryan Day uh, called out Lou Holtz. But I get some people are mad. They're like, Lou Holtz is an 82-year-old man or 84, however old he is. And I'm like, that dude was just excited. I get it. I mean, he knows his audience, the Ohio State fans. He knows their type of, yeah, yeah, wrong day. You preach it, man. So, I mean, he knows his audience, and so I give him credit. He's like, it's Ohio versus the world. I'm like, yeah, he's preaching to his choir. Smart man. So, I give Ryan Day credit. I think for Ohio State now after beating Notre Dame, realistically, they should go undefeated. Penn State's going to be a challenge. See if they can beat them, and then Michigan's the game. Because if Ryan Day doesn't beat Michigan this year, he's 0-3 against Michigan. There's going to be some real conversations. I think a lot of Ohio State fans are going to be like, okay, look, that's the game you got to win. I mean, there's, I think there's some Ohio State fans out there who'd rather lose the national championship than lose to Michigan. I think actually maybe the majority of Ohio State fans feel that way. So I can't really speak for them because I'm not one, but I, I do think that's genuinely how it works. So... I think it'll be interesting. I liked Cord, my Cord, though. I thought Kyle played well. Marvin Harrison Jr. was really worried he was going to be hurt, and then he was okay, which is good because we can't have him get hurt. He's got to go to the Bears. Yeah, the Bears look so bad that um, we'll talk about the Bears later. But I liked what I saw from Kyle McCord. Thought he played solid. Hartman looked good, but Hartman's destined to be like a fifth-round pick. He's like Max Duggan. He's not going to go high. But, oh. I was actually pretty excited about how State won. I do like Notre Dame's coach. I mean, I think he does a pretty good job. The thing is, Notre Dame, it's just got this weird thing where, like, you're always going to be seen as, like, the big th- hoss, even though you're not. So it's like this weird in-between where they all think they're hot stuff, but they're really not anymore. But then they kind of are just because of so much history. So it's so it's so weird. It's like they always have a target on their back, but, like, why? But then you also kind of never believe in them. It's a weird program. There's not a lot of programs like that. So, I guess the last thing I'll touch on with college football is listening to Bill Simmons' podcast. And I forget the guy he had on, but he was talking about college football and where Dion could possibly go if he left Colorado. And I thought it was really interesting what he was talking about. And he brought up Florida or, like, Miami. And I was like, whoa. So, I I don't know, I just because you know if you're in Florida, you're around a lot more where the prospects are. And I, I was wondering, I do think it's interesting to think how long is Dion going to be at Colorado? Is he going to be there? Like he's got a four year contract, I think. So is he going to be there about you know these two years of Shador, and then like the Bryce Underwood kid's going to go there, and he's going to 
well, I mean, they, with the transfer rules, they can do anything now. Like, is he really going to be there four years and then say, okay, I'm going SEC, baby. I'm going with the top dogs. Or is he just going to run Colorado? I mean, with and just run the Big 12 here in a, in starting next year. I think it'll be interesting to see what Dion wants to do. Wherever he does, I'll follow him. But I vastly prefer the Colorado merch over the Florida stuff. I do think the Miami Hurricane stuff's pretty cool. So if he's going to leave, go to Miami. That'd be cool. <laughs> he's, of course, he's going to listen to me. The last thing I want to say is Georgia looks a little weird. Should we be concerned? I think what's interesting about college football this year, I think I said this last pod, is that it's kind of like college basketball has been the last couple of years, that with the NIL and transfer rules, there's less guys that just sit on the bench and rot away. Guys are like, okay, I didn't get the starting position, so I'm leaving. Because the new transfer rules, you can do that. So I think the talent's becoming more spread, and I think it's exciting. So I just think... There's going to be a little less dominance from certain programs now. And to me, that's nothing but a good thing. I think more competitiveness and a little less dominance could be good. Or what we're in right now is a transitional period where we've been having certain programs dominate, and now they're starting to slow down a little bit. Now, granted, am I saying Georgia isn't the best team in college football? No, they, they, they are. But I don't think they look like world beaters. Like, they're just so much better than everybody else. I do think they're beatable. I mean, they give a lot of points to UAB, and that was weird. So I think it's going to be really intriguing once the college football playoff comes around who wins it because I think it's going to be a different team than usual, and that's great. I like college football to be more competitive and a little more weird because that's what we need. Okay, NFL time, baby. I was going to talk about Tua first, but I'm going to talk about the Bears. The Bears look so bad. Oh, my gosh. My gosh, the Bears look bad. They they look terrible. And I'm coming off the field hype train. I'm officially off. Like I have, like I'm not even off. Like I lined up dynamite to the train tracks. And I blew it up and burned the bridge. And the train is because it's falling off. I mean, the train's coming off the rails for the uh, Justin Fields hype train. So you know, I just did it for him, and I you know destroyed the train tracks. It's falling off a cliff, like in Red Dead Redemption, when that you know train and the whole thing where it's about to go off a cliff, and that's exactly how it is. Whereas you line up the dynamite and all that, yeah, that's. That's me. Because, gosh, they look so bad. And I don't care if it's coaching. Because I don't think it is. I mean, I think they have bad coaches, yeah. But you're still playing terrible, Justin Fields. (laughs) Even if the coaching's bad, right? Now, I'm not saying you're Justin Herbert, because you're clearly not. But Herbert has piss-poor coaching in Brand Staley. And he still looks like a god. Still does. There is no way you can tell me that it's the coach's fault that you can't throw a ball 20 yards downfield into a receiver's hands. That's not the coach. It's you. And it's also pretty unprofessional to be like, ah, it's coaching. I don't think the Bears have very good coaching. I get it. But that doesn't give you the excuse to be crappy, both off the field and on the field. Now, granted, I am talking about the least discussed aspect of the Chiefs-Bears, but that aspect, which is also the title of the episode, will be discussed later because I'm ending with that. That is actually why I I didn't end with Damian Lillard because I was more excited about the whole situation, which is really surprising. But we'll get to that later. So the Bears are terrible, and, you know, what the Bears do still have their pick. I believe what the Bears are probably most likely going to do is... Right this season out, crying and wishing every Chicago Bears fan went blind because it's hard to watch, and then get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. with the Panthers picking their own pick. And the Cardinals got a huge win over the Cowboys. They can take, they want a new QB. Who would, second quarterback, Drake May. Is he made second quarterback off the board? Is he like the is he like the athletic one? Because like Caleb is like the top one, obviously. I don't know if Penix is gonna get like a lot of NFL hype. We'll see. I feel like Drake May will probably end up being the second guy. Yeah, so the Cardinals Cowboys game was hilarious. Josh Dobbs highlights. I uh, love Josh Dobbs. Liked him in Pittsburgh. Was happy when he was on the Browns. I think he's just a solid guy. If anybody got to see the video of them not selling his jersey, that was fun. Like, it was funny, and it was a great win for them. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be a very good team this year, but I do think it was good that they proved that the Cowboys weren't like this 
absolute monster. Like everybody, me included, kind of thought they were. So I enjoyed that game greatly, and it's always fun to see the Cowboys lose. And on top of that, really the Cowboys are a team that I don't like their offense at all, and I think their defense has Micah Parsons. And after that game, I'm like, oh, unless they hold a team to under 14 points, they're not going to win. So, also the defense just didn't look that good either. <laughs> that was crazy, and I'm glad they took the Cowboys down a peg. I also say I was completely wrong about the Eagles and the Bucks game. You know, sometimes on the primetime picks, I won't talk about the fact that I was wrong. And it's not like I'm trying to hide the fact I was wrong. Like, oh, oh, oh no, I can't let them know that I, I'm not actually the smartest football mind. Because I'm obviously not the smartest football mind. That honor goes to Kyle Shanahan. But... I was just so horrendously wrong about Eagles Bucks. Like I have to address it. I have to address it. The Eagles just looked really good. And for me saying, ah, the Eagles aren't the same. I think that was the wrong narrative to push. (laughs) Also big fan of the Kelsey brothers podcast. I don't know why I ever doubted Jason Kelsey as a 92 percenter. I don't know why I ever doubted those of you that don't realize 92% 92% is how often the QB sneak works. It's the most unbeatable play in football. And Jason Kelsey, a.k.a. the best center in the NFL, and probably like the best O-lineman in the NFL. Uh, I had a friend in high school who was really into watching O-lineman hi- highlights, so my mind has been warped into sometimes when I watch football, I just watch the O-lineman, and I'll be like, oh, it's a nice block. And after listening to the Kelsey Brothers podcast, I do even more and more of that because Jason Kelsey being an O-lineman does the same thing. So it's just the more and more I watch football, the more and more I watch the O-line. It's like when you watch baseball, and like the more and more you watch baseball, the less and less you watch the hitter, and you start watching the pitcher. Same thing for me. All I like, I watch. Man, I watch a lot of like O-linemen anymore. Like I'm, I watch a Niners game. I mean, I love Brock, love Brock Purdy, but like half the time I'm just like, man, did you see that? See that shift? Look at that. Look how he's getting that that nice block for Brock to have time. I'm like, what am I doing? Anyway. 92% is how often the QB sneak works. So that's why the New Heights Kelsey Brothers podcast fan base is the 92 percenters. Real creative guys. See, we don't even have like a fan base name for all 60 subscribers of the sort of sports podcast. Maybe eventually. <laughs> I think I would think. Uh, I don't know if it's 60 subscribers as a fan base as much as that is like a small cult. So. Yeah, so. Uh, you, you know, sometimes I'm I'm able to keep going, but other times I say something so outrageous, I just, I I couldn't keep it going. Okay. Um, yeah, the Eagles do look really good, and definitely the best team in that division because the Bills embarrassed the Commanders. It really destroyed the commie narrative because there was a narrative. They're like, ah, Commanders, Sam Howell's the man in town. They're looking good, looking real good. And the Bills were like, no, and now they're not. There, chill out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, they always talk about week one. There's that game that you look back and you go, what? Really? And we thought, huh? Huh? We thought that was, we thought that was the narrative. That's weird. Because there's usually a game week one where you watch it and you go, wow, this is gonna happen. And then you look back and you go, that was a fluke. That shouldn't have happened. That was weird that we took that as, like, narrative. I think, honestly, one of those games was when the Rams played the Bills. Was it the beginning of last year? I think it was the beginning of last year. And Rams-Bills was the NFL season opener, and the Bills just decimated them. And I remember listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. He's like, are the Bills just going to go 17-0? And, like, he was kidding, but that was legitimately what people thought. Like, the Bills look so good. I think that was one of those where it's like, okay, we all overreacted. I think a part of that with this year might be the Bills-Jets. We might have overreacted to how bad the Bills looked there because the Bills looking really good, and they dominated the commies. I mean, they would have made uh, McCarthy proud, whatever his first name is, the guy who claimed everybody in America was a communist. He was not a good guy. It's not Cormac McCarthy. He's a different guy. McCarthy. Kevin, was it Kevin McCarthy? Oh, that's a current dude. McCarthy ism. 
Who who ran this? I really hope Miss McClure doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, Joseph McCarthy. All right, Miss McClure, my eighth grade history teacher. I don't want her disappointed. Yeah, Joseph McCarthy. He would definitely be a Bills fan after this weekend. But the thing is, we can't overreact to the Bills win too much. Because now I see articles that are like, are the Bills best team in the AFC? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to get the best team in the AFC game this weekend. I mean, there is this weekend doing, (laughs) I got to tell you guys, doing marquee matchups for this week was so easy for the 1 o'clock slots. Because there was two games that just stick out. And you're like, whoa, that's going to be a game. There's one game in particular that... You know, I wish was Sunday night football instead of Jets Chiefs, which there's only one thing that can make Jeff Jets Chiefs an interesting game. So we'll talk about that. Like I said, we're wrapping up with that topic, and then we'll do marquee matchups and primetime picks. All right, what else do I want to talk about? So the two MVP narrative. Let's talk about the two MVP narrative. I think it's time to talk about the two MVP narrative. I said I think week one. The Tua, I said the Brock thing was cooking up. I'm like, maybe there's a chance Brock gets MVP. After last week, I was like, nah, it might be Tua. After this week, where they could have broke the record for scoring but didn't, Mike McDaniel claims, oh, we didn't want to do that. You know, that's just, you know, we didn't want to. I, I don't think he, I don't think Mike McDaniel knew what the record was because I don't know why you wouldn't want to break it. I mean, I get being respectful, but part of me is just surprised. Also, I have Raheem Mostert on my fantasy team, 12th round pick. And I started him, so I feel like a genius. But continuing from there, Tua had a great game. And some people I talked to were like, well, Tua's only that good because of his receiving core. And I'm like, okay. The receiving core argument is always a valid point. Obviously, if you put Tua Tonga-Valoa on the Bears with that receiving core, that coaching staff, and then you put him on the Chiefs, he's going to do better with one of those teams. Okay, well, the Chiefs currently don't have the best receiving core, so that's not the best example. You bring out, or the, which is the current Dolphins, right? You put him on the Dolphins, you put him on the Bears. You're going to have way worse results of the Bears. You put Fields on the Dolphins, you would expect him to do better. I get that. I, I know, obviously. But we can't deny the fact that Tua didn't throw an incompletion in the first half. I'm great, and a good part of that's receivers. Part of that's him. He's playing great. And here's the thing for an NFL MVP narrative. Is he a quarterback? Ding! I mean, I hate the fact that that is how the MVP works anymore because Cooper Cup should have won it, but whatever. Is he a quarterback? Ding. Is he going to be on a Super Bowl-level team? Ding. Is he going to be on a team that's going to probably have one of the best records in their conference, if not the best record? Ding. Is he going to have stats that pop off the page? Ding. Is he going to have potentially an offensive player of the year on his team? Bing. He's kind of got all five things going for him. Now, the offensive player of the year thing doesn't always happen. But if you get an MVP that has an offensive player of the year, oh, man, they love that. It's like, oh, he's elevating the talent. He's got everything going for him. He's got the stats that's going to pop off page. He's on a really good team. He's on a team that's going to be a Super Bowl contender, and he's a quarterback. On top of that, Terry Kill could be offensive player of the year. So, yeah. I think the two MVP narrative is riding high. If I was a betting man, which I would be if Ohio gambling laws were different, I would put money on two winning MVP because barring an injury, this Dolphins team is gonna is the team in the AFC right now. Because it should have been the Bengals. This was the Bengals year to step up and say, This is this is our conference. Chiefs are not as good. And two and the Dolphins are like, no, it's ours. I think there's a real chance the AFC Championship this year is Chiefs-Dolphins. Why Chiefs, Ryan? Why Chiefs? I mean, the Bills are better on paper. Yeah, they are. But there's you can't deny the fact that the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the NFL and the best tight end in the NFL and one of the best coaches. And I think, come playoff time, I never would have thought in 2021 they'd have been in the AFC Championship. And I didn't think last year they would win the Super Bowl. But they were, there they were. So I can't deny the fact that Dolphins-Chiefs looks like a real AFC championship. I'm saying if the NFL season ended today, everybody would pick the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why you wouldn't. That's the reality. And I think that team 
looks like there's a real chance the Super Bowl 58 is going to have the Dolphins in it. It's crazy. I think it's a real chance. Okay, yeah, I was going to say the Bengals did win, but, like, come on. Not to make a South Park reference, but, like, come on. Like, it was not. Not. (laughs) Did they win? Yes. Is Burrow probably still not fully healthy? Yes. Does Matt Stafford look under still underrated even though he won a Super Bowl? Yes, because he played really well. Even I underrate Matt Stafford. I never think of him as being a top-level QB. He is so good. Like, so good. Tutu Atwell. Puka Na- Nauka, I think is, I'm trying my best. Um, he elevates them. I, mean, I remember somebody said to me, he's like, watching Puka makes me wonder, is Cooper Cup that good? And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Because it's like, does Stafford just that good at elevating talent? Or is McVay that good? I, I think everybody who listens to this knows I'm not a huge McVay guy. I believe Shanahan is better. I don't even think Sean McVay's top five coach in the league. I know, I know. But... Maybe it is McVay that elevates. Regardless of all these things, the Bengals eat, beat the Rams, and the Bengals looked fine. I don't – here's the thing, the AFC North. I think the Ravens without Lamar legitimately win maybe four, now five games this year without Lamar because that team is not that good. Lamar is that team. I think the thing that's about weird about that team is like they were supposed to go into rebuilding, and then they drafted Lamar like late in the first round. And he completely turns that franchise around by himself, and so now they're in this awkward state where it's like he kind of messed up their ebb and flow of a franchise where you're good, then you're bad, then you're good, then you're bad. So it's like they were mediocre and about to be bad, and then they got him, so he made them good, but like they're not really that good, and they also could be pretty good if they didn't have injuries all the time. So. It's a shame. I don't know if Lamar's going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Because, I mean, I like Harbaugh. I like John Harbaugh there, but I just don't. I don't think a team's got it. But they're always a threat. And so the thing is, I believe in them a little more than the Bengals at the moment because the Bengals just don't look good. And I know it usually takes a little bit to get going, but gosh, guys. When we're three weeks in, you know, week four, you need to have a big win. I'm not sure who they play. But they need to slap them. Like, absolutely slap them. Let me look who the Bengals play. Titans. Okay, you need to slap the Titans. Like, don't even make it a game. Don't even make it a game. Gosh. Like, Burrow, there's some people who are going to start saying Burrow isn't the second best quarterback in the league. Just crazy. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's funny. It was like, oh no, it was the Jaguars. It was showing us like panic over slow start teams, and it was a picture of the Jaguars. So that's funny. Yeah, so the Bengals, come on, guys. Especially in that AFC North. The Browns, let's talk about the Browns. It's time. If Deshaun steps up, this Browns team is good. It is a good team. The defense is undeniable. It's them and the Niners. Cowboys got to be third after that performance. It is them and the Niners. And I think the Steelers, honestly, probably about the Cowboys after that performance. I think the Steelers are third. So I think the Cowboys are fourth. Uh, the Browns' defense is so – I mean, there's so many guys on that team that are threats, and I don't even want to try to name them all because you pretty much have to name every guy on the de- on the defense to name every guy that's good. You pretty much got to name all 11 men. They're so good. And – Miles Garrett, I mean, what more do we got to say? Garrett, making the argument he's the best defense player in the NFL. I said last week it's probably Micah. There's a real – and after last week's performance, I mean, Miles making an argument. It's like, hey, come on. I look like the Incredible Hulk. I'm like, yeah, he's so big. He's scary. But there's a real argument. This Browns – if Deshaun Watson, who I do not like, can play well – this Browns seems a threat. That defense could get them f- places. I'm not talking a playoff appearance. I'm talking like, imagine that defense goes up against the Chiefs. Right? If Deshaun in the offense, and here's the thing, Deshaun doesn't have to be the greatest quarterback in the league. I think Jerome Ford looked really good. I love the signing of Hunt. I think you're kind of re, it's like Moneyball. 
where you know you don't have Nick Chubb, so you put guys together to recreate what Nick Chubb was doing. Hunt and can Hunt and Ford together equal one Nick Chubb? I think they could. I really do. And you throw in Pierre Strong too. You got three guys equaling one Chubb. I think you could do it. Don't repeat what I just said. That was a little odd, but um, the Browns have a chance to really go places. Like I said, if they played the Chiefs, like that pass rush. Coming at Mahomes, Mahomes can you know try to dart around, but he's gonna make a read quick. You know, you pretty much just lock, try your best to lock up Kelsey. What are they gonna do? I mean, I know they had better performances from the receivers last week. Pacheco looked pretty good, but I mean, I'm just saying that Browns team can make. A, I think that'd be a hell of a game, them versus the Chiefs in the playoffs. Here's a real chance that is a matchup. So this Browns team is looking good, but it's just when you watch them, you're just you're always afraid that Watson's going to do something stupid. And he almost always does. Like last week when he did that backwards pass. It was definitely all over Twitter. I mean, I saw it all over Twitter. It's like, you know, $240 million for this man. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's true. So. They just need better quarterback play. And they're legitimately a threat. Like a real threat. So. All right. I think that's all I have to say about the Browns. I didn't expect to talk that much about the Browns. Oh, crap. I closed my script. Let me get back to it. There we go. Okay. What else did I want to talk about? Uh, I just wrote Panthers sigh. I don't even want to talk about the Panthers. Andy Dalton started. We almost won, but then they were like, oh, wait, Andy Dalton's starting, and that was that. So we're on three. We Out of the top three quarterbacks taken in the draft, and out of the three that have started, we have the one that looks the worst, and that's not Bryce Young's fault. That is the fact that our team is bad. Bryce Young, I think you're good. I like you a lot. I love you a lot. But our team is bad. I still am happy with you over Stroud. But I have to say, as somebody who used to be a C.J. Stroud hater, I have to admit, I really like what he's doing in the league. He looks really good. He's playing with one of my favorite coaches in the league, D'Amico Ryans. I think the Texans are a legitimate threat to win that really bad division because I like Anthony Richardson, and I like what the Colts are doing. But the Texans got something to them. They got a little grit to them. And D'Amico is a great guy when it comes to motivating players. And here's a real chance the Texans can win. I don't know if win that division. I don't even know who's going to win that division because it's not going to be the Titans. The Jaguars did not look – I mean, they looked like the classic overhyped team. They did not – it wasn't just like a fluke game from them playing the Texans. Like, they just didn't look good. And I was like, uh-oh. Is this going to be a Texans versus Colts race for this division? Like the Jaguars will hang around. But I think there's a real chance one of those rookie QBs wins that division. And then gets slapped in the wild card round. But Texans have a real shot to win it with Stroud as a rookie. And that would make him offensive rookie of the year. But yeah, Stroud is somebody who hated on him. He looks awesome. Like he looks like he could be a franchise QB playing at a high level on a good team. And I give him a lot of credit. I really enjoyed watching him. I, I Sunday ticketed that game while watching the Browns because the Panthers were on until 4 o'clock. And I watched the Panthers game and wished I was watching the Texans game again because the Panthers were so... <laughs> okay. Okay. Jordan Love looks really good. I think this Packers-Lions uh, game tonight is going to be really fun. I think Jordan Love looks like a really good player. I like what the Packers are doing. I think Jordan Love is super quality. I think they finally got their new guy, and I would trust him. I think they're not going to go super far this year, but you know, you might be a little. You'll be uh, you won't be in the playoffs, but you'll be wishing you were. You'll be pretty close, maybe like seven wins, maybe eight. I think the Lions are still going to take that division, but Love looks really good, so I like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, I was going to say, watch the Steelers still have a winning record. You watched that Sunday Night Football game? Oh, it was gross, but. Steelers still got a top defensive unit. Pickett's not playing the best, but they still might have a winning record. Now, granted, this draft is a lot of QB depth. Maybe they like Bo Nix or Penix, even though they're taking another older QB. So maybe they snag one of those guys. I'm not sure. Maybe Tomlin's like, look, we won't got a winning record of Pickett. Let's do it again. I'm not sure what he's going to want to do. But it'll be interesting to see what Steelers want to do. Okay, I was going to do the big topic, but I'm going to do game of the week first. And then after the big topic, we'll go right into marquee matchups, primetime picks, and we'll wrap up. Game of the week, I'm going to go Packers over Saints. It was kind of the Jordan Love, everybody pay attention to me game. It's also showing that the Saints are pretty good defensively. 
and then I think Carr going out kind of demoralized him. I'm not sure if he's going to be back this week. I'm actually not really sure at all what's going on with him. I probably should have looked into that. <laughs> I'm going to check real quick. Derek Carr. He is... Okay. He It's okay. They don't know yet. But Derek Carr didn't look terrible, like, honestly. I will say I was kind of annoyed by the Saints being, like, the cutesy team to pick to win the NFC South. And he did. they did look pretty good against Packers. I watched a little bit of that on Sunday Ticket. I pretty much, like, jump around and watch a little bit of everything. But the Texans game was really catching my eye. I was like, whoa, CJ Stroud's making some nice throws. Man. Also, Brock Purdy, that dimed of Debo Samuel on Thursday Night Football was awesome. As a Brock Purdy lover, that was great. And, like, the third quarter was awesome. But um, I would give the game of the week to Packers over Saints. It was fun to watch the Packers come back. Went off that field goal at the end. It was exciting. And Jordan Love looked good. So it was kind of a fun little Jordan Love coming out party. All right. It's time to talk about the biggest story of the NFL season and just one of the biggest stories <laughs> in the world. Which is uh, Travis Kelsey is now dating Taylor Swift. I think I'm going to title the episode this. I think the thumbnail. I have three different images I've saved for the thumbnail. One of them is like the two of them. One of them is him like holding his arms up. And then the other one of him. What is the other one? Yeah, like one of him celebrating a touchdown. And then another one. What is this one? Oh, that's, that's Terry Francona for when I put that image up. What was the other image I was thinking about? Oh, my gosh. It's him with the arms. Oh, they're just two different angles, him with the arms. I haven't decided which one I'm going to use. Because part of me thinks it's fun to use, like, a touchdown celebration for him. But my other one, I do like using the pictures of both of them. I'm not sure. But I think it's really fun. So for those of you that don't know, my girlfriend, Genevieve, is super Super, super big Taylor Swift fan. I am not so much a fan. I listen to a lot of country music, and I love our song. I think our song is an absolute banger. And for those of you that don't read the descriptions on the episodes, I always make little jokes in the description about different things. And so last week, I made a joke about music in some way. And so if anybody wants to go back to that last week's episode and look, I did make a joke that was kind of serious about... Um, if I should do like a music section at the Sword of Sporties. So, you know, if anybody's interested in that, let me know. But that's a, that's when last week's description. It was kind of a joke, kind of serious. I don't know what I'm going to do for this description. Something probably Taylor Swift related. But I think it's really fun because I think on the one hand, you got to, for somebody to date the most famous pop star since Michael Jackson, or just music star, right? She's not even, I don't even, she makes lots of different genres now. To someone date the most famous music star since Michael Jackson, you gotta be a confident fella. And I think Kelsey's like the perfect combo. Because some people are like, well, he's he's just kind of cocky. Yeah, he kind of is. And he kind of pissed me off last year when they beat the Bengals and he was like yelling at the camera and was all like, oh, they doubted us. Da, 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 da. And I remember I was kind of pissed. I was sitting there and I was like, shut up, Travis. At the time, it was like I had watched New Heights. Well, I watched New Heights. I listened to New Heights. I mean, I don't really watch the video, but. Sometimes watch the clips after, even after I've listened to the episode. But I listened to New Heights, and I was kind of like, this is why I like Jason better. Like, I was kind of mad. I like Jason Kelsey better because I was like, you kind of make me mad, Travis. But now, you know, months removed, it's just that's just the way he is because he gets excited, and he's not your traditional NFL. That's like last week I talked um, – that wasn't last week I talked about this. I, I hadn't talked about this yet on here. Um, he's your non-traditional – quarterback well no I think I did talk about this like Josh Allen not thinking about um I think I talked about this last week like Josh Allen is just not true is a little more non-traditional with the way he interacts like on the field where like he'll just jump guys randomly because he's still got that like Wyoming football player in him that doesn't think about the fact he's like a multi-million dollar face and brand and he's Gillette and he's all this stuff and Kelsey's kind of the same way where Kelsey doesn't really think about the fact that people might be a little pissed if he gets really, you know, loud and obnoxious on national television. He's just excited they won the game. He doesn't even think about that. And I think that's kind of fun that he has a little bit of, you know, he's just this, you know, dude from Cleveland. And he's literally said before he was kind of a big partier in college. And 
You know, he'd show up. The way him and Mahomes became friends, they were both late to practice because they were out the night before. And I just think he's a really fun personality that way where he is a little bit off the rails and a little bit problematic, but you still really like him. And even though he sometimes makes you mad, he's still insanely charismatic and likable. And I have friends like this. And so he kind of reminds me of them where it's like, yeah, he sometimes really pisses you off, but damn, you know he's a good dude and you really like him, even though he just gets a little excited and kind of does some dumb shit. And that's kind of how Travis Kelsey is. I think it's kind of the perfect match for Taylor Swift because if you're dating somebody that famous, you got to be a pretty confident guy. And I mean, he is a little cocky, but I think it's the right amount because you got to be. Because I'm like, think about it like this. If he date, if she dated Josh Allen, the interviews would be like, so Josh, how's everything with Taylor Swift? And he'd be like, Oh, yeah, it's going really well. You know, things are good. And they'd be like, okay, because he would be like, it's just the way he is. He'd be a little, he doesn't want to get into a little too much, too much personal. Now, if she was with Tom Brady, think about that interview. It's like, Tom, Tom, how's things? You know, we really have a connection. Things are really, really going well. Really, really enjoying our time together. And you had Travis Kelsey, who's like, well, you know, I put this attention on myself. Like, this is genuinely exactly what he said in New Heights last I would be yesterday morning. I was to it last night. He's like, I put this attention on myself. You know, I made a friendship bracelet, and here we are. You know, I shout out to Taylor for coming to Rock Stadium. But, you know, I she's a little less into the media stuff, like unlike me, who's got a podcast, and I go on other people's podcasts, like Pat McAfee Show and whatever. And so I think for the time being, that stuff's personal. But um, I think I should just stick to saying all right now. And uh, that's all I'll say for the day. For those of you who don't know, he, he ends up saying all right now a lot on that podcast, which is funny because I say all right on here, so it's funny. We, You know, Travis Kelsey and I are very similar, in case anybody wanted to know that. No, but uh, it's, he's just a little more a little more wild and crazy, and I think it's really fun to see a celebrity with a little less um, poise and posture. He's just a little more fun and crazy. I think you know, too much crazy is Gronk. And not enough crazy is like Brady. Well, he's crazy in a different way. He's like too poised and he's just kind of weird. And you get Gronk who's like a little too wild and crazy. I feel like Kelsey's a nice in-between where it's like he's fun, he's likable, but you know, he might just do something kind of off the rails. And you might be a little mad that he celebrates and stuff, but then, you know, now we're like, what, six, like eight months almost removed from when he like celebrated so much after they beat the Bengals and he celebrates much after they won the Super Bowl. Then I'm kind of like, okay, I still really like him. He's still... You know, I don't know if he's one of my favorite players, but the more and more you listen to New Heights, the more and more those guys become some of your favorite players because they just have really good personalities. And I like Travis a lot. He used to be one of my favorites. That's why I have him in literally every fantasy league but one. Well, I've been in like six fantasy leagues my entire life, and four out of those six I've had him. That's one of the few times I haven't had him. One of those I didn't have him, and then this one this year with my friend league I don't have him. And it's just so hard to trade for him. So I usually take him first round because I'm like, he's just so reliable. And he pretty much never gets hurt. And he's really good. And I always liked him. So I got him in my Dynasty League. And I've had him for years. And I'm literally never going to get rid of him until he retires. So, yeah. And then his jerseys went up 400%. It was crazy. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. And I think it's great. I think best case scenario, they go down as the most fun celebrity couple of all time. And then worst case scenario, she performs, she finally accepts the offer to perform the Super Bowl halftime show just so then she can sing a song about Travis Kelsey while he's either A, not in the Super Bowl at home being a little embarrassed he's not in it, and maybe she even has a line that says you're not in the Super Bowl, which would be crazy. Or he's playing in it and he's in the locker room at halftime and she's singing about that. This is just peak television. That is perfect. And, you know, she's like, I told Genevieve this. She's like, okay, she's petty enough to do that. She would do that. And I'm like, okay. So, worst case scenario, we get that amazing moment. Best case scenario, they're the most fun celebrity couple ever. So, yeah, I think it's a win-win for literally everyone, including Travis. Also, the Bill Belichick comment is hilarious. One of the funniest things I've ever heard Bill Belichick say. So that was great. For those of you who don't know, Bill Belichick said, Travis has a lot of big catches, but this would definitely be the biggest of his career. And that's hilarious to me. So <laughs> that's great. And Andy Reid made jokes about how he's been setting this up for years because Andy Reid had apparently met 
the Swift family before because they're all big Eagles fans, to which Travis said on their podcast, who knew Cupid was so big, which I thought was very funny with uh, Coach Walrus, Andy Reid. All right. I guess the last thing I want to wrap up with for this point is I just – I think it's we're underrating, like, Kelsey as a celebrity. I mean, he hosted SNL, was absolutely great. Now he's dating the most famous music star, like I said, since Michael Jackson. He's going to go down as either the best or second best at his position. He's going to retire with probably three Super Bowl rings. I feel like they're going to win one more, and then he's going to be done. Because you don't realize he's 33. Like, he's getting near the age he's going to retire. Like I said, he's going to go down as probably the best tight end or second. He's played with the best quarterback of his generation, like of this era. He's going to be a part of, like, what is considered, I'm, like, assuming, unless the Niners really ramp up, I do think the Chiefs are going to go down as, like, the best team of this, like, era we're in. So I feel like the way Mahomes' career is going to go is I feel like this core, like him and Kelsey are going to win one more together within the next, like, three years. And then it's going to be the middle of Mahomes' career where he doesn't really win much because the Chiefs kind of got to retool. And then at the end of his career, he might win, like, one or two more. And that's when the Brady conversation will come because it's like, well, Mahomes has five, but he has this stat. Like, he's going to be the Le- LeBron to MJ. To MJ. He's going to be the LeBron to Brady's MJ where it's like people are always arguing about it even though it's clearly MJ. It's just people want to argue it. And, like, Mahomes will always be two. But Mahomes got a great chance. And I think they said on New Heights that Coach Reed, Andy Reed, is now, like, one of the most winningest coaches in NFL history. I think he's fourth now, which is crazy. Now, the amount of games it would take him to become third is wild. So he's definitely going to stay at fourth. But that's still crazy. He's top five. I mean, he's definitely in the upper echelon of, like, greatest coaches in NFL history. And like I said, if he can get one more ring and him and Kelsey both retire off that one, That'd be crazy. Like, they win, like, Super Bowl 59, and they both retire. Or Super Bowl 60, whatever one. Probably within the next three years, I feel like. That'd be crazy. But I think life after football is really easy for Kelsey. I mean, with this, is Kelsey the second most famous player in football? Probably. I think he's going to be, within the next couple months, he's going to become the most famous NFL football player not named Patrick Mahomes. Which is crazy. The two most famous players be on the same team. It's like a Shaq and Kobe situation. And I do think there's a lot of interesting comparisons to Shaq with Kelsey, where he's a big celebrity. He's good-looking, but, like, not so good-looking that, like, like Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's distracting. And he's got a fun personality, but he'd be a little wild, just exactly how Shaq is. And you know for a fact, as soon as Kelsey retires, every network is going to want him as a halftime, like, as a halftime pregame guy. He, like, everyone is going to want him on the broadcast. I mean, I like Gronk on there, but Kelsey would absolutely kill it. I mean, I think there's even a space where I could see, you can't tell me, in my opinion, as somebody who likes making movies and stuff and loves movies, he would be perfect for, like, a comedy role in a movie. He would he could kill it. Just being a little side character doing a comedy role, he would crush it. I think no one would have expected, Bill Simmons is talking about this on his podcast. He's like, no one would have expected the rock to become as big of a celebrity as he has like be the biggest movie star in the world he's like i don't think anyone would have expected like back in 2019 even 2021 well i think sorry 2022 like season it the celebrity of kelsey was growing because they started the podcast but, like think back to 2019 back when he had like the more uh like traditional haircut of the buzz he was just like this really quality tight end no one would have thought that this guy would be one of the most famous players in the nfl and like would host snl and have his own podcast, like the most popular, he's got the most popular professional athlete podcast, he's got, he's hosted SNL, killed it, he's dating the most famous music star since Michael Jackson, and he's going to go down as probably the best at his position, and he's going to have multiple Super Bowl rings, that's a hell of a career, and he's not even 30, like, he's not even 30, by the time he retires, probably like 37, so, I just think we all need to be on watch for the celebrity of Kelsey to grow. I think it's really interesting to see where he goes from here because I, you know, he's just said on his podcast, I'm riding the wave of life. And I, that's, what's kind of fun about him is I don't think Travis Kelsey sits back and thinks, Oh yes, yeah, it's great for my celebrity. No, he's just having a good time. I mean, anybody who thinks it's a media stunt clearly doesn't know the fact that if I was an agent, I wouldn't trust Travis Kelsey for my media stunt. I would go with somebody safe that I could control. I would not go with Travis Kelsey.
So I, I think it's really fun, and I do think it's really interesting to see where he goes because he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He's very likable, and he obviously knows what he's talking about. And it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really interesting to see where he goes from here. And like I said, if you see him in like, I could see him as like a side comedy role in a movie. Like Shaq did some acting. I could definitely see Kelsey in the same vein. Maybe if I ever hit it big and make movies, I have to add him to the list of people I want to work with. It's like Adam Sandler, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Travis Kelsey. That's, that'd be my four. I need to actually write down a physical list of actors I want to work with. I think Killian Murphy might have to be on there just for my mother. Oh, quick thing. Movies. Um, Christopher Nolan, the rumor is he's going to make two James Bond movies, and he's going to take Fleming scripts and then write like adapt from Fleming scripts and write them himself. I hope he does that, please. And I'm hoping he casts Killian Murphy as M because you know Killian's going to be in some capacity. Killian would be a great M. I don't care who he casts as Bond. I'm sure Nolan will kill it. And I can't wait. So I hope Nolan makes the next two James Bond movies because they would go down as like the best Bond movies since the Conneries. So. All right, that's all I have to say about... I'm really into the Kelsey Swift thing. I'm really here for it. I can't believe I'm this much of a fan. I like read little articles about it, and there's my timeline on Twitter is filled with it. If you go to my likes on the Sword of Sports podcast Twitter, it is a lot of stuff about them. I didn't think I would enjoy it this much, but I really love it. I think it's fun. So, All right, marquee matchups. This is the game that was so obvious. Dolphins-Bills. This, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Like, it's going to be awesome. I think the Bills are going to win it. I just want to toss it out there. I know this isn't a primetime pick, so I don't have to pick it, but I, I'm saying I do think the Bills. Did I say Bills? I meant to say Dolphins. Sorry. I think the Dolphins are going to win it. Just want to put that out there. I think the Dolphins are going to go 4-0. I think it's going to be definitive like they're the best team in the AFC. I think this is where they make it definitive. The Bills beat them. It's like, okay, so the best teams in the AFC, Dolphins, Bills for like the top two, and then like the tier below. I think the Chiefs still got to be in the conversation. And I don't know if we're ready to put the Browns in there. I think they have to beat the Ravens. But top two would definitely be Bills, Dolphins. But if Dolphins win, it's like they're clearly better than everyone. So it'd be interesting. And then Ravens, Browns. AFC North matchup. I do think the Browns could win this. I think it'd be really interesting to see. This is a lot. This kind of is, to me, who's the leader of the AFC North, barring the Bengals having a surge again. Now, this will be very intriguing. I guess I should say the Bengals, well, they're one and two. So, I mean, if the Bengals win this week versus the Titans, which they should, then the Browns will be the only team in the AFC North with one loss on their record. Well, the Steelers could be two. The AFC North is always wild. I don't even know why I'm trying to explain it because <laughs> it's always it's always competitive. So This will be a really interesting game, though. 4 p.m. Cards Niners. This is the best game at 4 o'clock. The 4 o'clock games are not the best this week, just like last week when I had to make marquee matchup uh, the Panthers-Seahawks. So 4 o'clock this week, we got Raiders-Chargers. I don't want to watch two terrible coaches go at it. Patriots-Cowboys, that is, I have no interest at all. The Zeke revenge game, no, I, it's, nah. and Cardinals-Niners. Cardinals-Niners, It's the Cardinals are coming off a big win, got some good vibes. The Niners are here to shut them down. That's really all I can sell you on. All right, primetime picks. Thursday night football. Tonight, we got Lions-Packers. I am going to uh, – I do think there's a real chance Packers win this. It's in Green Bay. I do think there's a real shot. Uh, I'm going with the Lions. I trust the Lions. They're, like, one of the most fun teams in the NFL to watch. The pass rush, I feel like, improves every game. Really, the thing I don't love is their secondary. I don't think it's the strongest. Offensively, they're great, though. Maybe a big game for Jameer Gibbs? We'll see. So, I'm going to take the Lions, but I think Jordan Love's going to look really good on his first ever primetime game. Yeah, it's first ever primetime game. At least this season. He might have had some that last year, like when he was started the first couple games. All right, Sunday morning matchup. I know this isn't a primetime pick. But it kind of is because it's like going to be the only game on Sunday morning. So um, maybe I should call it the hungover matchup because this weekend's homecoming. So I guarantee most people at my college are going to be watching this. Well, actually, most of them are probably going to sleep through it. I'll be one of the only ones up and awake for this matchup. 
because Jaguars Falcons. I'm gonna take the Jags. Get right game for the Jaguars, and they'll they'll do a good job. But Bijan could tear him up, so that'll be interesting. Sunday night football. We got Chiefs Gi- Jets. I don't know why I almost said Giants. Chiefs Jets. It's very sad that the NFL gave the Jets a lot of primetime spots because they were going to be an exciting team because they were going to be a really exciting team, and now they're not. So it's really a shame that all this has happened. But the only way this could make you know be a fun Sunday night football game is if Taylor Swift is there. So I hope she is because that would be fun, and it was entertaining last week. I know some people get annoyed by it. I think it's really fun. I love it. So I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Jets. Monday night football, Seahawks-Giants. I think this is really a toss-up. I said Chiefs over Jets. I don't know if I really have to explain anything past that. So Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Giants. I can see the Giants getting this, but I'm going to take the Seahawks because the Seahawks are on a two-game winning streak, and I think they can keep the vibe going. Okay, I think that's it for the episode. Like I said, we'll be back. We'll be back. I'll be back, and my buddy RJ will come on for the MLB podcast, and then... Next Thursday, we'll be back talking more NFL and college football. Maybe, you know, at the end of this game, Taylor Swift will come down and do a little concert for the New York Jets fans. That would be crazy. Definitely not going to happen. I'm completely kidding, and I do not expect her to do that. But uh, good for Travis Kelsey, good for Taylor Swift. Hopefully everything's going great for them. I think it's fun. And, um, yeah. I really got to think about if I'm going to do something clever in the description. I'll try my best. All right. I will see you all in the next one. Bye-bye.